We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Are you aware of something called the happiness curve? I didn't know about it until working on this week's episode, but there's a book from a few years ago with that title by author Jonathan Rausch examining how he feels life gets better after middle age. Rausch concludes that current research from economists, psychologists, and even physical scans of the brain show that a person's age is not, in his words, a neutral emotional backdrop. And he argues that you can chart society's general dissatisfaction with life like a U-shape, a higher point early on, a sag in the middle, and another high point at the end. And I'm 62, so I understand the happiness curve completely. I had not heard of it before, but I understand it completely. That is Joe Conant from Andersonville. And he says that at 62, he understands the idea and respects the validity of the happiness curve. And if Joe understands it, then surely his good friend Dorothy did as well. Earlier this month, at the age of 104, Dorothy Hoffner, a longtime Chicago native who resided at Brookdale Senior Living on North Sheridan Road, skydived. And it wasn't her first time either. She had previously completed her first adventure in the air when she was just 100. As of this recording, paperwork is still being certified, but by all accounts, Dorothy will have set a Guinness World Record for the oldest person to ever complete a tandem skydive. She made national news and late-night TV with photos and videos of her jump going viral. Then, the following week, Dorothy Hoffner suddenly passed away, leaving this world having done something that few people would even consider in their 20s, let alone eight decades later. WBBM's social media had been a buzz surrounding Dorothy's jump and her passing. So in taking all this in, I had to know, what was Dorothy like? What drove her to accomplish this goal? And for those of us who watched her soar over Chicagoland, what can we learn from her? I'm Jim Hankey, and this week we're honoring Dorothy Hoffner by showcasing audio from her interview with WBBM prior to the flight and hearing from those that witnessed this incredible event. Let's get looped in, Chicago. You were born and raised in Chicago. Do you still live in Chicago? Oh, yes. I would never leave Chicago. That's Dorothy chatting with WBBM reporter Nancy Hardy back in August. Dorothy was a former Illinois Bell employee, having started as a telephone operator, then moving up to customer service and later a supervisor. When I started working, I wanted to work for a utility of some kind, and Illinois Bell was one of the ones that I wanted to work for. And I'm so glad I did because they have taken very good care of me. Taking a dive myself into the audio Nancy provided me for this episode, she kicked off her interview with Dorothy with a question I assume most of us would want to ask. You've already done this once. Why in the world would you go skydiving again? Because I liked it. I watched the video last of the, the jump you did four years ago. What, did, what was well, that like? It, it was so calm 
looking up there and and to see the the uh, land below was a beautiful big area of from up up to maybe it wasn't that way really but it looked beautiful the grass was so beautiful and green and we could see the Fox River which looked like it was about two inches wide it was, it was a very peaceful peaceful jaunt just coming down which is funny because. To so many people, that would be absolutely terrifying. Oh, I thought it was beautiful. I know one of the friends with me, when I told her we were going, she said, oh, can I go with you? And I said, oh, that'll be wonderful. Well, after she got up on the airplane, she couldn't find a place to hang on to so that they wouldn't push her out. <laughs> so did she actually end up going out with you then? Like not attached to you or anything, but did she end up jumping? Oh, yes, she had no choice. Okay. (laughs) Who's going to be with you when you do this jump? My my pseudo-grandson. He's the one that arranged it. Her pseudo-grandson, as she put it, is Joe Conant, who we heard from at the top of the show. In an interview recorded after Dorothy's death, Joe recounted to Nancy how he and Dorothy were originally introduced about eight years ago. When I met her at the Brookdale, I was in nursing school. And I was working as a caregiver for a man who was a resident at the Brookdale. On our first day there, we were wandering the halls trying to get our bearings. And we ran into Dorothy and we mentioned dinner. And she said, oh, no, 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 there is no dinner. It's the last Sunday of the month. And the last Sunday of every month, we have a brunch and no dinner. So you two will be my guest at dinner tonight. And we remained her guest at dinner for the remaining years, every night. Brookdale has a dining room for all of the residents. And we formed a group at, at, a, at the table. We remained a, co- a cohesive group for many years, the same group of people having dinner together every night. And it was the liveliest group in the, in the dining room. She accepted anyone into our group, any individual, a new resident at the Brookdale. She would corral them in and say, come, you're having dinner with us. She just had such a, a wonderful spirit and openness and a generosity of spirit towards others. Dorothy never married, nor had any children, and grew up as an only child herself, which makes her connection with Joe all the more special. And and so he's just kind of like an adopted grandson or yeah, someone that you... Exactly, because I am an only child. I am an unclaimed treasure. You're an unclaimed treasure. I love that. Yeah. Dorothy said that Joe grew up on a farm in northern Wisconsin near a skydiving business, often seeing parachuters all over the landscape. As a youngster, he was incredibly anxious to do it himself, so his parents told him when he turned 18, he could. So Joe has had a pension for skydiving ever since. About four years into Joe and Dorothy's friendship, as he told Nancy, one day, the concept of skydiving came up sort of naturally in conversation. Do you know where the idea came from? Did you know her before she did the, the first skydive? I do, yes. And the idea for her to go skydiving came from, uh, from me. I was planning on going skydiving, and I had booked a reservation to do it. And I mentioned it at dinner that I was going to be doing that in the future. And she piped up and said, oh, that sounds like fun. I want to do that, too. And I thought, well, you know, I, I, was, I was thinking, does she just want to watch? Or Because at, at that time, she was 100 years old. 
I explained to her what skydiving entailed, and she said, that sounds great. I'm in. Count me in. Let's do it. And so she first went skydiving when she was 100 years old, and she loved it. It's clear from listening to Nancy's interviews with Joe and Dorothy that Dorothy didn't view skydiving as particularly thrill-seeking or even life-risking. She admits she wouldn't have done it solo, but with someone else pulling your ripcord, what was all the big fuss about? I had several reporters that I talked to tell me that they had never interviewed anyone like her because when they would ask her questions, she would ask them questions right back. It was a conversation for her. It wasn't an interview. It was a conversation. So have you always been a daredevil? No, not really. I don't think that's a daredevil. That's no no daredevil part of it. I would never be able to do it alone, never. I wouldn't even try it alone. With someone that does does it with you, it's nothing. Haven't you ever done this? I have not. So I have been lucky enough that I have been able to go flying with some of the performers in the air and water show. Yeah. But I've never jumped out of a plane. I would be too terrified to do that. They would have to push me out the door. Well, that's what they did with us the first time. I didn't expect that. I expected to jump out. Dorothy went on to explain that on her first flight skydiving, it was like a push from a sitting position. And she thought that those who did physically jump were the ones with cameras strapped to them to capture the moment. This time, WBBM was there, and later in the episode, we'll hear from a member of our staff who was in the plane as Dorothy was getting strapped in to go up and on the ground for her return. Other outlets were there to cover it as well, like the Chicago Tribune, as Joe gave Nancy this pretty funny anecdote about Dorothy's rather nonchalant attitude about being on the cover of one of the world's biggest newspapers the day after her most recent flight. She had her cousins arrive from Minnesota, and they had no idea that she had ever gone skydiving. And she was having lunch with them on Monday. And there she was on the front page of the Chicago Tribune. And so she just happened to lay the Chicago Tribune in front of them. And they were looking at it and all of a sudden saw her on the front page of the Tribune and said, Dorothy, you didn't tell us you went skydiving. And her response was, well, you didn't ask, <laughs> which is her typical response to anything that somebody wasn't aware of. Well, you didn't ask. Do you think that this jump is going to be inspirational to other people? What What should people take away from the fact that at 104, you're still... I hope, I hope so. I hope it will make it interesting for other people, not, not for age, because age has nothing to do with it. That's just a number, you know. That, that's, that's nothing. In this audio, it's incredibly sweet to hear Dorothy continually refer to Joe as a, quote, wonderful kid, not only for his kindness in general, but for introducing her to something she would never expected to be so taken with. According to Joe, Dorothy didn't want to make a big fuss about her jumps, especially with the media. Now, on the other hand, she seemed to enjoy, when she told me afterwards about the conversations that she had, she seemed to enjoy tell me about how much she enjoyed talking to this person (laughs) and like she had made a new friend she really loved all of it she made an impact all over i saw uh people sent me a broadcast from hong kong where it was reported one from mexico i know that on the jimmy kimmel show they did a, a late night joke about her jump so she really became a viral sensation not just in the brookdale but all over the world 
But as mentioned at the top of our show, suddenly, a little over a week since her potentially record-setting skydive, Dorothy passed away in her sleep on October 9th. Still, just days before she would move on from this world, people from all over the globe got to see this former telephone operator who swore she'd never leave Chicago do what some would call unthinkable. But like we've heard before, Dorothy never thought of herself as a daredevil or even all that excitable. No, I'm not I'm not a bit excitable. I'm just, I just go along with God and pray every day and thank him every day for giving me what I have. I know that she was very spiritual and she prayed daily and she was very thankful. She always told me that she was very thankful that God had not put any obstacles in her way. That at 104, she had no pain. She wasn't physically limited in any way. She had no mental or psychological impairments at all. That she felt like she was very, very lucky. That she had all of her faculties completely available to her for full use, without limitation. When we come back, I'll be joined by one of our WBBM staffers who attended Dorothy's final, potentially record-setting skydive and what she learned from following Dorothy's story. All that and more when we return. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Anne-Marie Welser is on our social media team here at WBBM, and she was there for Dorothy's final skydive, capturing the jump right there in the plane. I sat down with her this week to find out more about documenting this Guinness-worthy achievement. I'm the social and community editor here, and basically what that means is I do a lot of fun stories. So even today, I went to the Field Museum and covered a new exhibit. So it's a lot of interactive things. It's a lot of filming and just talking to people and seeing some really cool stories. So that runs the gamut, though, right? Because you have to walk up to, you got to be kind of out of out of your shell so to speak, to walk up to somebody blindly at Lollapalooza and go, hey, I'm with WBBM. Do you want to talk about what music you're here for? And then on the flip side, it's also stuff that is, a, you know, very important to people, but not as showy, right? It's like civic events. Um, this budget hearing's happening. So it sort of runs the gamut of stuff that you've covered for us, right? Yeah, it's definitely a array of different stories. So like you said, for Lollapalooza, I'm just going up to people, talking to them about their favorite artists. Then I have to go to City Hall and kind of explain what Brandon Johnson's talking about and why people should care and follow that on our station. So really great time. For sure. And before we get into this particular story, I want to tell people you're no stranger to having to fly to get coverage because like at this year's Air and Water show, right? I would love it if you recap this story because you had to fly, you were up there and you had to fly to a different state entirely, even though people are in Chicago on the lakefront watching the plane go by, right? Can you talk about that? Yeah, I don't think a lot of people know, but, you know, everything gets flown out in Gary, Indiana, and I did a couple test flights with them. And so I flew aboard the Air Strackberg, I'm probably saying that wrong, 
and they did a whole air fuel up in the sky. And so basically I asked the guy, I'm like, hey, where are we going to be flying to? And he's talking about, oh, we're going to be over Pennsylvania <laughs> and Ohio. And I'm thinking he's talking about street names in Chicago. And then yeah. we're up there for a couple hours. And he's like, oh, there's Pittsburgh. So Jeez. just up in the air. Um, it's, it's incredible. The stories that we're able to cover and just having that opportunity. It's really yeah. amazing. That's really cool. So a lot of stuff goes on behind the scenes for you to capture what we need. Let's start first hearing about Dorothy's story. Had you been in touch with her directly or the team that was taking her up or how do you even know about this? Yeah. So I talked to Nancy because she covered this previously and I was like, this is incredible and I would love to meet Dorothy. I think people would love to hear her story. So Nancy put me in touch with her or her team. You know, I don't think she really emailed at all. Sure. Right. And um, we talked to Skydive Chicago and that's who set up the jump for her yeah. and I was in contact with them for a couple months because the jump for Dorothy got pushed a few times and finally it was the day of the jump and I didn't know if it was going to happen because it was pushed so many times and went down there downstate um, over by Starved Rock and was able to fly with her. Did you feel at any point that it might not happen? Did you feel like because you get psyched up for it too like you plan your day like all right this week I'm going to go out and get that and then it gets pushed back again and again like we talked about she was 104. However, she was able to do this the entire, it feels like, the entire time. Did you feel like there would be a chance where we might miss that opportunity for her to do that? It was funny, actually. Nancy came up to me a couple of times and asked, did you jump with her? Did you jump with her? And I kept saying, no, it, it keeps getting pushed back. And yeah. then Nancy said, well, she's going to turn 105 pretty soon. <laughs> yeah. So let's find out if it actually happens. Um, but I'm just happy I was able to experience it. And it did occur, you know, in the time and everything. Yeah. So. I know from the audio, Dorothy said they flew over the Fox River. Um, where did they land? They landed in Skydive Chicago um, in the same area. So she jumped out. We flew over. It was really gorgeous. Yeah. And then she jumped out of the plane with her friend right. and tandem on two professionals. Mm -hmm. And I was up there, I think, with the guy from the Tribune and then her caretaker. Yeah. And uh, we just stayed on the plane. That's awesome. Um, walk me through that. You you arrive. Do you, it, is there a buzz around when... When she arrives, does she arrive after you? Like, what, what was sort of the lead up to it? Yeah, so I got there early. Skydive Chicago is a really amazing facility. There were so many people getting ready for their own jumps that day. And she had a huge community of people there. And they were, I was talking to her friends, um, not actual, like, sons and daughters, yeah. the people who would consider her, you know, a grandmother yes. figure. Right. And everyone was just so excited to see her. People came out with signs. Um, people were cheering when she came out. All the skydivers were clapping for her and cheering her on. And she was excited. Um, I think she couldn't believe it was happening either. Yeah. And um, yeah, the whole process through everyone was just really starstruck with her. Did you happen to talk to, to Joe, her, like, that's the pseudo grandson that we've heard throughout this story. Uh, was he there? And do you have anything to say to media or anything? Yeah, no, Joe was there. He was really kind. Um, I just talked to him and introduced myself. And then we went on the plane together and he jumped with her. Yeah. He He's just really happy to be part of that experience as well. And everybody just, I think, was a little, you know, just excited for that day. Yeah, for sure. Before, I know she spoke to media when she landed, but before the jump, did she have anything to say to media or was she just ready to go and they got her strapped in? I wasn't sure if she talked to anybody there. Yeah, she did a few interviews. Um, nothing incredibly lengthy. Yeah. It was just kind of, oh, Dorothy, how are you feeling? And she would say, I'm excited, you know, yeah. can't believe it. Um, beforehand, I know she did a, a long form interview with the Skydive media team. Mm -hmm. And so they had GoPros attached to them and, you know, we're yeah. asking her questions throughout the whole process. When I spoke to her, 
introduce myself. She said she liked WBBM and <laughs> she was just excited to for me to be part of that experience as well. And flying up there um, was a small plane, about I would say 10 of us in there, not wow. even. Okay. And when they all jumped out, yeah, it was a couple of us on there still. And it was it was hot. It was oh, yeah. It was a hot day. Yeah. No kidding. Is there anything that surprised you about the day or the process? I think that everything just went so smoothly. You know, I don't know why. I think because it was pushed so many times, I thought there would be some type of hiccup. And also just seeing her, I haven't met anyone that's 104. Yeah. And I, she was just ready to jump out of the plane and like yeah. ready to go. Right. She wasn't right. scared at all. And right. so I thought that was really beautiful to witness and be part of that process. Well, totally. And I, I see footage of other people. There's friends of mine who's, who've done something like this. And they're usually in, I guess, for lack of a better term, some sort of flight suit, even if they are tandem to somebody else. And Dorothy, literally, it's like she just left her senior living facility and showed up. It was just like putting her in. She's got her loafers on or whatever. And just like she's ready to go. There's no like super aerodynamic suit on you or anything like that. It was just like, boom, she's she's there. Yeah, she was just ready to go. And at the end afterwards, after, you know, everyone cheered for her and stuff, we were inside of the main facility and she was looking at these suits, and they were really colorful. And I was like, oh, what are you looking at? And she said, I wore this last time. I don't know why they didn't give me this this time. I'm like, I don't know either. But, um, but yeah, it's, it was incredible that she was able to do that. Wow. Okay, so she goes. You're on the plane back. And then what is the process in catching her landing and everything like that? Like, walk me through how you actually, like, you know, now she's on the ground or, like, she was coming down from the ground. Were you able to be on the ground when she came down, or how did that all work? So the skydive people are telling me that it takes about 120 seconds for you to jump and then land. Oh, wow. Don't know if that's accurate. Okay. But um, we landed around the same time after she jumped. And okay. so we were able to see it from the window. Oh, wow. And so they pointed it out to me and um, we were able to film that. And then we were on the ground too. Um, everybody was cheering. So you just kind of went over to that section yeah, of and course. talked to people and then there was cameramen there ready to go. They didn't yeah. fly up there with us, but they had many questions for her. And I think she was just a right. little, you know, pushback from jumping. But well, no uh, kidding. But she was Anybody fine. would be. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, what sort of stuff did she say? I, I, I remember just reading this and talking with Nancy that somebody asked her what's next. And she was like, I want to ride in a hot air balloon. Hot air balloon still is still you have to deal with heights and everything like that. But it's a lot easier to wrap your brain around like, oh, this is this casual gliding experience or whatever versus just like, you know, falling out of a, of an airplane. But what other things did she say to media there when uh, when she landed? Yeah, um, I remember the hot air balloon. I remember her saying, you know, this was her second time skydiving. Yeah. And I just assumed, you know, that she was skydiving her entire life. <laughs> yeah, but right. I guess not. And afterwards, she would just said, you know, thank you for coming and that it was a great experience. Yeah. And that, yeah, she just was looking forward to the next adventure. Right. It's amazing. In closing, you know, you cover all sorts of things, as we mentioned, city council stuff to Lollapalooza to incredible moments like this with everyday Chicagoans. That's one of the things in listening to Nancy's audio. She's she's 104 and she was like, I will never leave Chicago. It's, it's just like it's one of the first things that stuck out to me about the, the audio. What's your takeaway from her story? Has there, has there been anything you can put in your back pocket as you live your life and, you know, what you want to do with it? I just think I was really lucky to be a small part of this story and to have witnessed her and it made me just see life a little differently you know that she's 104 and still looking for the next thing and that 
even though she did pass away, she was still able to live her dreams and continue forward, you know, with a positive attitude. So that was that was something good to remember. Absolutely. Something, something good for all of us. Amory, thank you so much for joining me today. I appreciate it. Thank you. This episode of Looped in Chicago was produced, written, edited, and hosted by me, Jim Hankey. Craig Schwalb is our station's news director. Myron Kaplan is our managing producer of national news podcasts. And special thanks this time around to Nancy Hardy for use of her audio interviews with Dorothy and Joe throughout today's program, dedicated, of course, to Dorothy's memory and those who loved her. Be sure to follow us on social media at WBBM News Radio and at WBBM Podcasts for visual content relating to our episodes, especially this one with Anne Marie's footage of Dorothy's incredible final skydive. We'll keep you looped in again right here next week. See you then. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.